Welcome, everyone, to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. My name is Ken Edwards with the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Sitting to my right is Ed Maher with the International Union of Operating Engineers. Good morning, Ed. What's happening, Ken? And here's Phil Davidson with the Mid-America Carpenters Regional Council. Mac RC, good What's morning. up? How's it going? Very well. How are you? Good, good, good. We got a big show today. Yeah, we've got a couple of guests. Yeah, we got two guests and uh, a lot to to talk about and a lot to get to. Um, We're going to have Michael Phillips. The uh, he's the the film review. Guy he's a film from, critic, yeah, right? Film critic from film review guy. I think is his official. It's what it says. That's, what, that's yeah. That's, for that's, the Chicago Tribune. Actually, he was promoted to film critic. Film critic. Yeah. Well, we'll have to congratulate him when yeah. he comes in. The um, does great work. But they've got uh, they've got a, some labor strife over at the uh, Chicago Tribune. He's going to tell us a little bit more about a rally that's coming up on uh, December sixteenth over at the Tribune Tower. So. What's what time, what time is it at? It's going to be at 11 o'clock. That's next Saturday. But uh, he's coming in to tell us all about it. Uh, really, really interesting. I'm there. Absolutely. I'm totally there. And then we have uh, Terry McGann. Yeah, right? our good friend Terry McGann, who represents the Carpenters Union. He's uh, a lawyer from McGann, Ketterman, and Rue. Yep. Is the name of the firm. And uh, yeah, he's going to talk about a historic settlement case that the Carpenters Union negotiated. That we're it's nice to get. It's very nice, excited about it's nice yes. to he- Nice Big to win. hear a success and a giant win. So Absolutely. yeah, I was super stoked to hear it's about that. It's what we that. call uh, kicking ass for the working class. Absolutely. Can you say that on the air? We're going to find out. Yes, yes, we will. (laughs) Kicking A for the working class. There we go. Sorry, Mary. So um, let's talk a couple of stories in the news, right? Uh, Columbia College, those uh, adjunct facilities, they're still on strike. The adjunct faculties. Adjunct. Did I say facility? You you did say Uh, facility. Because you put it in my head. Whatever. Adjunct faculty still on strike. Yeah, the longest strike uh, of adjunct faculty in U.S. Higher education in the... Uh, And right here at Columbia College. Yes. And, And there's, you know... Pretty progressive, you know, film school and, you know, uh, liberal arts. And, and they're forcing these, these folks out on, on strike. Right. And trying to, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing Adjunct to professors do not make a lot of money. No, right. God, yeah, absolutely And not. the people who pay a ton of money to learn are learning from, you know, adjunct professors who aren't, aren't well paid. So, I mean, you, you look at the balance of this, and it kind of goes across every university where you're paying – Forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year to learn from folks that are are just not being paid well at all. Yeah, where's the money? It going? is a little bit of it's you know so uh, you know my son's in college right and it is a little bit of a bait and switch because he says that some of his professors are just you know basically adjuncts for sure and, and they're the recent graduates right. I think so, most professors are yeah. adjuncts. But, but yeah. I think but you get to you know you go to these colleges and you pay all this money and you're like oh, I want professor so and so he's been around for thirty years he knows what he's talking about right. instead you get this kid that just graduated two years ago yeah, or you've got right. it's mostly grad students any math yeah, or right. science. That's class I ever took in college was all um, TAs, teacher assistants. That's right. You took math? Yeah, it was remedial math. Uh, There were a lot of pictures, uh, and most of it was taught by song, you know, to plus Did you use a slide rule back then? Uh, Slide rule? Yeah. No, the slide rule. You're talking about baseball? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. You can't slide into first? (laughs) Is that the slide rule? That's the slide rule. Anyway, so we got that, right? And that's still going on. So uh, if you get an opportunity, call Columbia College and and say, do the right thing by these adjuncts already. Uh, Enough. All right. We've got a lot to get to. We have a couple guests coming up. Stay with us. We're going to have Michael Phillips uh, from the Chicago Tribune and Terry McGann talking about a a big win uh, for a uh, group of workers with the Carpenters. So stay with us. We'll be right back right here with the Workers' Mic on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. My name is Ken. Sitting here uh, with me, as usual, is uh, Phil and Ed. Um, And uh, as we said, um, we're stoked to have today uh, a guest from the Chicago Tribune newspaper, Michael Phillips. Good morning, Michael. How are you doing today? Doing great. Good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks thanks for coming. And Michael Phillips is the film critic, correct? Yes. There's two of us at the Tribune. Uh Nina Metz and I do film and TV. I do more films. He does more TV. Got it. Um, And how long have you been working for the Trib? 21 years. Wow. Where'd you come from before? LA Times. I was the theater critic there. I came to do the same job, theater critic here at the Trib. Why'd you move to Chicago from LA? Well, you know, great theater town. Yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... But five years in, I was I was already itching to get back to my first love film, which I hadn't written about for a few years, and, and luckily it worked out. Good for you. So, um, we're having some problems with the trip, correct? Uh, if you're talking about... Uh, labor. Labor problems, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. I mean, we being we, the employees. <laughs> yes. we, we, we being labor. And... Um, and so, you know, I, we talked off the record, you know, um, full disclosure, I used to work for the Chicago Newspaper Guild uh, from 1994 or 5 to 1999, give or take. Um, and we represented the Sun-Times and other newspapers, et cetera, but we never represented the Trib, uh, even though we tried. And at that point, I think the, the response was, they treat us well, right? Yeah, yeah. that's and, always the response. Yeah, yeah. And, and they did. Yeah, yeah, I came in just a few years after that. I got, was hired in 2002, and yeah, hired at a at a good wage. I wouldn't have come from L.A. if I if I hadn't gotten sure. it. And uh, you know, you, people never form a union when times are good, and the company seems to be treating people well. Although you have to look underneath the the surface there. Uh, even when I was hired, you know, were they treating the yeah, everybody women? well? Yeah, yeah, every were they treating the women? Were they treating any of the staffers of color equitably in terms of wages? No, sure, no, nobody yeah. was. Yeah, it was a, it was a tough nut to crack. And then, as Ed, you have said, it was also the antithesis to the Sun Times. Well, right. I mean, I'm in my in my day to day work. I uh, try to get publicity, positive publicity for unions, and get you know folks to to share good stories about success. And for many many years, the Tribune was just not interested in doing that and would given the opportunity would find a way to tell the the opposite story it was just a very it was an anti-union um you know publication and, for and the a founder long, long of the time. tribune colonel mccormick i mean he was notoriously anti-union Correct. he was always the anti-union paper Correct. right right so right. Was, i mean it has been interesting over the last few years to see the struggles that you've um that uh, the you know the the employees have had with management a couple of different uh, you know terrible terrible stewards of the paper it would seem and um you know how that how that sense has changed with some of the contributors some of the writers uh, on their you know the reporters on their twitter pages will talk about the importance of having a union and most importantly now that alden capital um has come in and for we've talked about alden capital a couple of times on sure. the show before but alden capital is a uh, a company that basically goes in and guts newspapers. And if you ask them what they do, that's pretty much what they would tell you. It's on their they, business cards. Right. They go in, they buy out anybody who's got Newspaper a high salary. Gutter. And, uh, and basically just try to work everyone else who remains as hard as possible for as little as possible. They make no bones about it. They're, I think it's a, a hedge fund or a venture capital firm, so it's all about the almighty dollar with them. Right. And, uh, I mean, it, it, it's kind of coming home to roost here, and it sounds like the – you know the folks at the Tribune have just had enough, and and good for exactly. you. Exactly, and I'm, but I'm going to be as fair as possible to Alden Global Capital. Their viewpoint is we are saving failing newspapers by buying them in distressed states, 
or in between bankruptcies in our case. Uh, and and um, that's their viewpoint. They, uh, the hypocrisy begins when they start using words officially, you know, press released all in words like, uh, well, we, we believe in a robust, independent you know, newspaper in every city we own it in. Well, now, their definition of robust, okay, yeah. you know, the, buy, the last buyouts two years ago in 2021, just as the official transfer of ownership was made to Alden, uh, got rid of uh, almost a third of the staff, happily. Wow. Wow. You know, well-paid, older, longer-lived writers, sure. uh, anybody. They didn't say no to anybody. Right. And, uh, I mean, you wonder if, if two-thirds of the staff had put in for a buyout, would they have stopped there? I don't know. You know, but is it, what do we have left at this point? We have about the same numbers as the Sun-Times. We have about 75, 76, 77 guild members. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Sun-Times obviously has a... And that's down from hundreds. Hundreds, oh. not that many years ago. Now, this, yeah. is, does that reflect a larger trend nationally? Yes. Sure. Are we, is our newspapers in great shape? No. But we've had five years of trying to get a contract with... You know, with so, let's, yeah, so, let's, and, and so let's talk about that. We've had right? enough. You, you, we've you, had st- enough. you started five years ago. Yeah. First contract. Yep. We don't have a first contract. We do not have a first contract. And this has been going on now for literally for five years, been trying to get your first contract. That's and, right. And albeit, like you said, there have been different owners. So you kind of have to probably hit reset a little bit every time somebody, you know, a new company comes in. But you've been fighting for a contract for five years. Right. Five years. I mean, half a decade. Yeah. Which, by the way, is... is Absolutely outrageous. Yeah. I mean, that, that it would take that long, long to get time. a first contract, right? And you, but the resets you talk about, absolutely. I, I, sure. I, I, that's a factor, yeah. you know, no question. But it's been long enough, even with the current Alden folks. So what? Is, so you decided to now take this fight a little more public, correct? Right, exactly. And tell, tell us what you're doing. Well, next Saturday on the 16th, we're going to meet downtown in front of our old home, our v- incredibly visible old home, Tribune Tower, 435 North Michigan Avenue. Love it. And uh, we're just going to kind of like state our case publicly. Yeah. You know, get the people rallied up and, 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 and just talk about where we are in the contract negotiations. And we're just coming into all the heaviest economic issues. And that's where we already know right. where Alden stands. You know, the one thing we have, no raises lately for years. Wow. No cost of living raise ever. Uh, but we do have a, you know, a modest 401k match. Uh, they're trying to take that away. So, uh, you know, it's things like that. When you've had a 20% cost of living increase in Chicago over the last few years. Right. That's two years. And you've got nothing. So you're literally going money backwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't form a union for that. No. You know, to, 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 and you don't, you, you don't form a union to see the 401k go away just because other Alden papers in other cities don't have it. So we've, we've talked on the air many times about companies that are trying to get rid of pensions to go to a 401k, mm-hmm. and that's a big step backward. But here you're talking about a, a 401k match that they're trying to get rid of. Um, and these are for, for journalists. Journalists, whether newspaper, TV, whatever, serve an important role in informing the public, just you know, driving the public discourse about things that, that people ought to know. And they're trying to take away any sort of contribution to your retirement whatsoever. I mean, on top of, you said, years of of uh, no wage increases at all. Wages, yeah, yeah, that's, exactly. That's, that's no, and, and it hurts. I mean, and that's a story that every uh, so many people right can share. And it's and it's a hard it's a hard story to live. And month it's, to it's, month. it's just wrong. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. meanwhile across town, the Sun Times employees do receive a pension. I yeah, believe. that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. And how, how are you supposed to retire? Yeah. I mean, if they take away your 401k match, right? So you're basically, right. they're, not, they're not saying taking away the 401k. They're just not going to match it anymore. So you have to double fund it, basically, right? right. So right. if you haven't gotten any wages, 
<laughs> they're asking you to, to basically take over their match so you can continue where you are in your 401k. Once again, you're literally going money backwards. Right. So, I mean, you look at at this holistically, you know, that's a really, really tough pill to swallow. And I got to tell you, you should hang tight on it and, and simply don't give in. Right. I mean, it's just that simple. Which are, well, there's many other issues that we've been bargaining For hard sure. on. I mean, we're talking about, you know, we have we have, you know, these massive pay inequities like a lot of places. But, you know, we have, you know, journalists of color making on average 10 grand less than the white counterparts. Oh, wow. You got women making 20 less than men. Right. And, uh, a, and a contract, as you've always said, it doesn't see color. Right. Right. It's and it shouldn't see color. Right. Against wage inequity. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, every newspaper on the planet right now is waking up to the threat of AI, especially when corporate ownership is like kind of rubbing their hands together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Alden Global Capital seems like the perfect group of people to just sit and rub their yeah. chins and be like, well, we're going to try What's something different. What's this AI different. thing we're I think, about? Yeah. They say work for nothing. Yeah. I think the A actually is for Alden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been talking about, you know, recently in, in negotiations back and forth. And look, look, the company lawyer is a perfectly pleasant fellow. You know? Sure. But, but he's, he's, you know, he's saying that, well, look, we're, you know, we want to, we've been looking into this AI thing and, and we, we concede that uh, there's a little bit of factual inaccuracy problems with it now, but, uh, and it may lead to, you know, a lessening of quality of the product, but we but. want, we want to retain the right to make every decision without any guild interference period. I bet that guy has a 401k. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. not taking away his four hundred one k. He's a pleasant guy because he's making five hundred bucks an hour. Yeah, to I mean, sit there Alden, and say no. He Alden gets the match too. Global Capital. I would imagine the executives who are pushing this from Alden Global Capital are doing just fine. Yeah, um, and, you know, in the meantime, they're they're making their profits by taking away people's well, again, it's not, to retire. It's, it's not even an opinion; it's just a fact. Yeah, a hedge fund is going to come in, and as Alden has, they're looking to get, and always have, looking to get about a twenty twenty one percent profit margin. Right. Okay. New York Times, 8. Tribune before Alden, 11, 12. Much more efficient and leaner than the New York Times and many others. Uh, and Alden's essentially almost doubling what we used to. So that's that's a lot of milking. Right. You know, this cow is barely on its leg. But yeah. it, but it's also look. This paper is still putting out some of the best stuff it's ever done. It won a Pulitzer under Alden, which is like some sort of like cosmic record for yeah. media. That's <laughs> incredible. Like winning a race with three wheels. And, yeah. and and absolutely. And you know, I've I am fiercely proud of my colleagues, and mm-hmm. I, and we love this city, and we cover it. The you know to you know to the nth degree. We don't make everybody happy all the time, nor should we. we right. What we do is believe. Paper, yeah. yeah, we just believe in the mission, and we want a contract that reflects that kind of commitment we have. And you are you. I got to tell you, I think probably you're one of the first white collar folks that we've had on. Right? We don't have a lot of white collar folks on the show. We, we generally talk about you know building trades and construction and, and blue collar, but you are a white collar professional right yeah that, that seeks a, a union contract right, right. well right. i was i was going to just so you know i was going to send my butler down to do the show <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, you I know what film critics are he's yeah. busy writing film reviews this morning <laughs> and, uh, what so who are the trib employees that are part of the guild uh, of the bargaining union what 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 employees are represented there? I mean, it's it's ninety five. It's it's a it's a it's all reporters. Your photographers. What do they do? Right. Every, like, oh my yeah. god. Okay. Yeah. I mean, every every kind of writer. You know, critics, opinion writers, editors, uh, page designers, photographers, sports okay. writers, sports writers. Every section. Food writers runs again. Yes, absolutely. City hall reporters. All of it. All of it. And it's all up and down the chain. You know, in terms of how long they've been there. A lot of people come and go far too quickly, and it's tragic to see people leave. 
for any job that pays better is heartbreaking when there is good. Well, we say we yeah. always say this in construction trades, right? If you want to train somebody else's employees, you know, feel free, <laughs> pay them like garbage, and you know they'll take their skills and they'll go elsewhere, right? And right. that you know that's what happens in in a place that doesn't take care of their workers, right? People. It's churn. They, they they leave, and you lose good talent. And right. you know that shouldn't happen to an institution like the Chicago Tribune. I agree. Whether I dis- whether I agree with their politics or not, it doesn't really matter. So again, you guys, your your rally uh, is being held Saturday, December sixteenth, and that's at eleven a.m. at the Tribune Tower, right on uh, Michigan Avenue. Right on Michigan Avenue. Yeah. Is Scabby going to be there? Scabby, I, you know, I don't. We'll think get so. a Scabby out there. Uh, I, I, I will tell you right now, we'll get a, an inflatable rat out there to help you. Good, good. We yeah, got Scabby but, belongs here. Absolutely, no, we love it. We love the we love the idea of being in front of our old home. You know, and we yes. don't look. We're no nostalgia for the old home. Not much anyway. You know, we are where we are. No, nobody had it like they had it twenty years ago. Nobody. Sure, no. but and it is it is important to, as we bring this contract to a close. In the neck in the coming months and hopefully not years, uh, yeah, that that we you know are clear about what we want and clear about the fairness of what we're asking and clear about the mission to the city and we want to keep that up with the Chicago. Tribune. Yeah, and I don't think yeah. look, I don't think the 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 city knows about your fight, quite frankly, right? I mean, this is now you're going to take this fight public, and I think you're going to see a Chicago lot a lot of support, right? I mean, if you had support for the actors and the writers and obviously the auto workers, and you know, Chicago is a labor town. It is what it is. So I think you'll get a lot of support. You'll certainly get it from the workers, Mike, and all of yep. our millions of listeners, correct? Billions. Billions of listeners, billions sorry. Of listeners. Yeah. And honestly, it means a lot that you guys tell me that you have noticed the change in the Tribune. Yes, for in sure. The tribune. Not, and not just, not just sort of on a who's tweeting about what, what protest or anything, but, but just sort of in the paper. There's more the, stories. The employees of the paper see what the struggle is about now, and they're part of it. Yeah, it's good. So, yeah. I mean, it took a while. Yeah. Welcome, hey. welcome, welcome to the labor movement. Yeah, it changed. But, but let's, let's close this contract. Let's get you guys the deal that you deserve. I mean, because you do. You deserve it. And you're the ones keeping the paper afloat. Thank you. You know, so. Well, it's just me, I think. Yeah. Really, it's more just me. <laughs> Is it, it's actually. The F- Michael Phillips Tribune. <laughs> no. Guild. The Michael Phillips Tribune. It's got a nice ring to it. I like it. Film critic. Every, man guild. Front page is going to be film, film, film. Yeah. Liam Neeson, great actor or greatest actor. That's right. <laughs> I do think, but I do think, it's, it all seriousness to to see to see every generation and i mean it like multi-generations of staffers people who've been around a while yeah. you know i've been this is my fifth paper you know in, in 35 years uh, people who are like straight out of school trying to figure out how to pay off their journalism school of debts mm, yeah. and and on the salaries they're currently making uh, we can do better by these people and we need to absolutely yeah. there's a big robust to use that word, labor movement in the city of Chicago, and you're all a part of it. So, uh, you yeah. know, hopefully, we'll get a, a big crowd out on the street on the 16th. So, uh, we've got to wrap up. But the, again, that's December 16th, 11 a.m. It's a Saturday out in front of Tribune Tower on Michigan Avenue here in Chicago. So, Michael Phillips, thank you so much. Yeah, for thanks coming for coming. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I really awesome. appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back with more of the Workers' Mike right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers' Mike, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. And sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back to the Workers' Mic, everybody, on WGN 720. I'm Phil Davidson with the Mid-America Carpenters Regional Council, here with Ed Maher and Ken Edwards. And we have a, a guest in the studio today who's going to be talking about a major settlement case that the Carpenters Union negotiated. And uh, let's introduce him. His name is Terry McGann of McGann, Ketterman, and Rue. Welcome, Terry. 
Uh, thank you. Appreciate is, he, the is, he a, is he a lawyer? He is a lawyer. Some, yes. Sometimes. So, sounds like a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's in the legal profession and has been representing the Carpenters Union for how long, Terry? This will be my 31st year. Holy moly. Yeah, 31 years. That. Yeah, it's yeah. a long time. I have known Terry for a long time, and he has a stellar reputation in Chicagoland and in our labor community. And uh, this is something that we had talked about a few months ago, Phil, correct, about uh, wage theft and, and uh, what the Carpenters have been doing in that regard. Correct. And now we have kind of an update. Uh, which you explained to me, you know, earlier, and I just, I just think it's fascinating. So yeah, let's, a, let's let's talk. Let's you want to start some? Let's do some background. Though. Yeah, it's a it's it's a great story. It's uh, I think it combines elements of fraud, a little bit of espionage, uh, deceits. <laughs> uh, it, it's got all the elements. It so. would be like a cool twenty twenty thing. It really would be. You know, especially yeah. if there was a murder. Yeah, there's been investigations going on <laughs> for there? years long. <laughs> was there? I don't know. I'm not saying <laughs> we got to wait and see. All right. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out where the bodies are buried. But um, yeah, Terry. Before we get into that, just tell us. A little bit more, Terry, about you know how you got into labor side law um, and what uh, what keeps you doing it. That's an easy question. Um, you know, I, I I sort of lived the classic blue collar uh, Chicago existence. I, I grew up in the neighborhoods. My father was a member of the IBEW electrician, um, tended bar at night in the classic Chicago bar, um, and I basically learned labor uh, and the virtues of labor at his dinner table. Um, and Fortunately, I've had the opportunity to be on the side of the angels and to represent workers. I've uh, been doing that for exact 31 years um, and uh, never looked back, and I never will. Good for you. And you started your own firm? Like, what, how did you get into it? Did you work for a union first or another firm, or how did you start your own firm? You know what? I didn't. Um, I got out of school, and I wanted, to, I wanted to get in trial. I wanted to get into court, and I still enjoy being in court. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, I put my resume out in the law bulletin in Chicago, and at the time, my, my wife said, you know, why don't you take a look at this? And, and, and I was going to hang, hang out my own shingle. Yeah. And so I, I, uh, I got an interview and I got a job offer from a place called Hugh McCarthy and Associates, which is really the predecessor to our current firm. Got it. And Hugh McCarthy has represented the Carpenters well before my time, uh, going back into the 70s. Wow. Uh, and so it was Hugh McCarthy, who is sort of the prime janitor of our current law firm. And uh, I and the, the rest of my partners and the folks in my firm are the beneficiaries of that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I, I like what you said on, on the side of angels. I always say, tell people that work in the labor side, um, you know, labor law. You know, people say, oh, what do you do? I work in labor law. Like, well, do you? Like, oh, I yeah, work for management. Yeah, like, I work for management. Well, no, then you're, it's yeah, not labor. Yeah. That's anti-labor law, yeah, right? Yeah, correct. You know, I, say, I work for the unions or the funds and, you know, the people. That's labor law. And that is, uh, that's, we, I always say we have the moral high ground. Absolutely. You know, the, right? the, the great thing about practice in Chicago in this area is it's a microcosm and, and we know each other. Yeah. So yeah. You, the management guys, you, you know. Oh, for sure. They know us. Yeah. Do, and it's sometimes referred to, of course, as the dark side. Yes. Right. Uh, notwithstanding my respect for the folks on the other side, because there are some very good labor uh, management lawyers for sure. on the other side. But for sure. the, they're not on the side of the angels yet. Do, do labor attorneys ever jump over to the dark side, the labor side, like like prosecutors will jump over to criminal defense? or You know, actually, you don't see it as much. Um, once you become ingrained in either side, generally, that's your trajectory. And you, it does. You ha- it, does it, it happens from time to time. We had, uh, if, if you remember, I think we had Rob Enton, and I can't remember the firm that he works for now. But uh, he used to work for 150, and mm-hmm. then went to work for management side to go work for his father. Uh, right. Um, you know. So I mean, people have their reasons, and as long, in my humble opinion, as long as you don't, you know, go work for a union buster or bus unions. Yeah. If you're a management attorney and you're fair and you want to get to a good contract, you know, kudos to you. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with that. It's the union busters and the people. Well, delay and play games and you or know. or people who go in to represent union members 
learn how it all works, learn the secrets, and then kind of sell that to sell a management that knowledge. side firm. Well, you right. see, a business, you see that, business agents and people that work for unions start the, their uh, the persuaders, yeah, right? right? I mean, it, a lot of those came from labor. Right. It, it, Shame it, on them. It, well, it, all, the, right? all the extra money, I hope it helps them sleep at night. Yeah. Well, in, in my experience, the best management attorneys out there are those individuals who could easily be on our side, too. Right. Sure. And they understand our side, and they want to get to what would be a fair compromise. I think that's right. right. Those are the best. Yeah. So tell us about why you're here today. Well, I, I, I'm fortunate enough to be able to, to share a, a success story. We love uh, those. On, on a number of fronts, right? And it's a case that our law firm has been litigating for now four years. Wow. Uh, so, and, and, it, and it really is a confluence of a number of different entities that came together and worked together for a common purpose. Um, and I will tell you that it's uh, the Mid-America Carpenters um, with a shared vision. Um, back in 2019, they began a program called the Payroll Fraud Program. Right. And this is probably the first case that came out of there. Um, and then it's our fringe benefit trust funds. And our, our administrator and, of course, our, our ESD, Gary Perinar, had a shared vision of making a difference in, in the construction industry. Sure. And working together to accomplish that goal. And I, I think the, the most important factor here is the fact that we have a, a number of courageous individuals in the construction industry, Hispanic workers, um, who had the courage to stand up for what they believed in. And two organizers who stood by them throughout the process, but but for these two union organizers, seasoned organizers in the Hispanic community, this case would not have had any any type of happy ending. And I, I think that the last component is the fact that we came together in a confluence in, in my law firm. So you know, before we get to that, go back to what you just said. You Hispanic uh, workers, right? Immigrants, right? Yes. People that are not born here in the United Correct. States, but that have uh, come to the United States, yeah. you know, to, to chase the American dream and, and found their way into construction. Yes. It, you know, in my experience with the operators uh, and, and other trades, they have a, a bit of a harder time. Um, number one, English is not their first language. Number two, they get threatened easier. Right. Yes. And they don't have, like you said, they don't have 30 years of no. Chicago construction behind them. They just yeah. got here. Their targets are exploitation. That's exactly right. Yeah. So so these were the, the folks that you guys worked with. This this could be the poster child for everything you just said. I love it. We had a handful of individuals who came to us back in 2019 and said, I'm getting paid in cash. Yeah. I'm getting paid off the books. Yep. And uh, we interviewed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and those individuals began to grow. They're all former employers of this contractor. And the stories were always the same. We worked on these, these job sites, high-profile job sites around Chicago, guys. Yeah. Prevailing wage. And, and a number of prevailing wage on the federal level and the state level. And their stories all stayed the same. The deal was made. They'd perform the work. They would meet the superintendents at various ex- uh, currency exchanges throughout Chicago, and they'd get an envelope of cash, or they'd get money orders. Wow. And so we began to look into this. And again, this the payroll tax program. We met at nights at the apprenticeship program. Um, once the company started to learn what we were doing in the investigation, they began a campaign of intimidation. Of course. And witness tampering. So we decided the best way to do this was to get into federal court with the fringe benefit trust funds. Yep. To do an audit of company's books and records because we had the power of discovery. And the company was a signatory to the fund already, correct? Yes. And, yes. and the union? Yes. yes. And we yeah. could name them. It's Drive Construction. Okay. Yeah, we want to get that across. It's, it's Drive Construction, which is a, a fairly large interior systems contractor. Yes. And again, it's, it's a Mexican-owned company, so they had a, a number of, of, as an MBA, they had a number of different projects, high-profile projects, again, federal Davis-Bacon projects, Illinois Prevailing Wage projects, where they ghost payrolled. They paid right. guys off the books, right? And we found this out. But... And that means those are taxpayer-funded projects. Correct. Yes. And so it, it, became, it became important to protect the workers. So 
our law firm started representing the workers individually. Right. So we had the power of the attorney-client privilege yep. and the ability to protect them. And it was necessary once we filed the lawsuit for the, the fringe benefit trust funds to go into court and seek protective orders. And each of those motions were granted at that time, Judge Norville in the U.S. District Court, um, Virginia Kendall after that, and then currently the, the new uh, District Court judge, uh, Judge Cummings, who's, uh, I can't say enough positive things about the way he's handled this case. Mm-hmm. But we, we were able to provide the kind of protections and to offset the vulnerability of these workers during the process. And that is in, that's in the protective order. So when you say protective order, not everybody listening is a lawyer. What does that mean in plain English? That, that is an order from the court to say, no longer can you have contact with these workers. No longer can you visit their homes for the purposes of influencing their testimony in this case. And if you do, you violate a court order and you're subject to contempt. And you're talking about the contractor, right? Yes. Because why would the contractor be visiting these guys at night? Because he Just wants to say to hello? Maybe yeah. intimidation? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. And so this, this particular case surrounded three superintendents of the company. And these superintendents were the guys who handed out the cash. So as we traveled down this road from 2019 in the lawsuit, we knew there were cash. We knew these guys were credible. We knew that. But in looking at and doing the audits of books and records, we could not find the source of the cash. Couldn't find it. Didn't The, the, the books checked out. They weren't getting paid in cash. The, the, the company's bank records checked out. Wow. So where's the, where's the funding coming from? You got to file the money. At the same time, the attorney general opened up their own investigation, and they filed the lawsuit. And I think that's what we had talked about a yeah, couple months ago. Yeah, we talked about previously, yeah. yeah. So, and, which is still pending, that case. Yeah. Right. Early on, we discovered some connection between a company by the name of Accurate Construction. And just to give you a little background, Accurate Construction is a company, that, uh, a, a company, limited liability company in the state of Illinois, but its predecessor was Cortez Accurate. And the Cortez family is the family that owns Drive Construction. So the predecessor seemed to have a, a correlation with, with Drive Construction, right, <clears throat> from an ownership standpoint. And so what we learned was that the floodgates opened when we subpoenaed the bank records for Accurate Construction. So what we, we determined the scheme was, the, the paying off the book scheme mm-hmm. was, Drive would get the project, the money from the project would not go to drive all the time. It would go to this <clears throat> accurate construction. A shell company. A shell company. Accurate would then pay three companies that were recognized in the state of Illinois. Ironically, all three of those companies were owned by the three superintendents of drive construction. Wow. Oh, you, don't, you don't say. And then <laughs> you follow the money further, and the checks that were written from accurate construction to these corporate forms were cashed at the very currency exchanges where our guy said they were picked up cash. <laughs> wow. I mean, it literally sounds like a movie. Yeah, right. red-handed. And, and yeah. so what we were able to find out from the bank records is that literally millions of dollars flowed from accurate to the superintendent's companies and ultimately to the workers. And that was the floodgate that we needed to open up this case that made all the difference in the world. And then what's, what's the outcome then? Like, what, did, uh, what was the, the, the ultimate uh, conclusion or settlement? Or, well, you know, how did, how did it wind up? It, it, you know, after four years of litigation, we went to a settlement conference last week, last yep. Wednesday, before uh, Judge Cummings. And again, can't say enough about the U.S. District Court in this case. They really saw all the facts for really what they were. Um, went to several hours. Um, my partner, Karen Rue, who's a tremendous lawyer, did a great job on this. And um, we came to a settlement. And it, and it made sense to do the settlement 
on this case rather than go to trial. And the compromise w- turned out to be a result, the single biggest settlement in trust fund in Carpenter Trust Fund history. Wow. A million dollars. A million. Yes. That's, that's amazing. With, right. with all the protections and guarantees going forward that we would need to protect those payments. Right. Because in addition, to, just to clarify, in addition to being paid in cash and also being undercut what should have been the prevailing wage, they are also missing out on their benefits right. from these contracts and, as well, right? So, And, and there, there's the derivative benefit to this entire case, right, guys? One is all of these individuals who had the courage and strength to st- stay the course over four years, sure. right? Yeah. Stick, stick with the union. Yeah. They are going to see dollar for dollar into their pensions, health and welfare. Fantastic. They, they were never eligible for health benefits because they were never reported. Right. right. They never had the pension credits because nobody knew they existed, right? right. Yep. They didn't have those credits. Now they get those credits back again and they can they, they can live in dignity. Mm-hmm. They can continue working in this industry. Yep. They have the pension credits to, to retire in dignity. And maybe this sends a message to, you know, and we talked about this, like maybe this sends a message to the rest of the world, which is, you know what? there's no more free ride, right? You can't do this anymore. You're not going to get away with it. That's right. And and we're going to step up and and protect those vulnerable people, like you said, that probably get exploited because they're worried about whatever it is that they're worried about Mm -hmm. and take the cash, right? And don't have benefits. But, you know, Phil, we talked about this before. That, That has a downward effect on you know, uh, taxes, uh, you know, state taxes, right? Pension contributions. These folks have less, less money to spend yeah. right. on, you know, groceries. Right. It, and it there's less money going into, yeah. you know. The state uh, loses out $180 million a year because of this type of practice. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. And you're right, Ken. The, the, the derivative benefit here is that this sends a resounding message yeah. to an industry of contractors who are either currently doing the same thing or similar yep. schemes or contemplating it. Yeah. Right. And, and there is a, a benefit for Carpenter members, current and future and changing an industry around. This is the first opportunity in 30 years, guys, that I've had this opportunity. And But for these workers holding their ground, maintaining their dignity, and and ha- having the commitment to see this through, this would never have happened. Well, right. it would have been difficult, right, for them to do it by themselves or, or basically damn near impossible. But before yeah. they, because they had the backing of, you know, the labor, or sorry, the, the carpenters and, and your funds and your lawyers and your expertise and your organizers and, a, and an organization that big and that strong, they were able to stand up, right? And Correct. labor always says, like, we'll stand behind you, we'll stand next to you, sometimes we'll stand in front of you. But, they, you know, they had the backing and they had, obviously... Fantastic legal representation. We got to. And, this and up I guess bef- before we go, what I would say is, uh, it took a lot of very smart people quite a period of time to figure out the way that they were getting away with this, where the money was going. So I think you know, I would hope that because you guys were able to figure this out, that there are other companies that are out there doing the same thing. That this is going to be kind of a watershed moment that makes it easier to find other people doing this uh, and and make more of an example and protect. You know these vulnerable workers that are being exploited. So yeah, uh, that's great work. Hats off to the to the carpenters and to you, Terry. Yeah, appreciate the opportunity to, to share a success story and, and hopefully future successes. Yeah. Thank you. We're always happy to hear success stories, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. We got a historic win for the carpenters. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Incredible work. That's great. We've got to take a quick break. Yep. So uh, stick with us. We'll be right back here with the workers' mic on seven twenty WGN. You're listening to the workers' mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Vacant Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everybody, to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Ken, Ed, Phil, that was pretty cool hearing what Terry had to say. Yeah, Terry I, I is... I mean, that's a, uh, that's a win. That's a huge win. He did incredible... I mean, four years of work on that. Uh, again, brought in our representatives, brought in various uh, investigators. I mean, that was uh, a big undertaking, and it's a big win for the working class. And it's, a, it's, it's nice to see a union that 
you know, grabs hold of something four, five years ago, whenever it was, and doesn't let go right. until they win. Yeah. Right? Until they get every penny back for these members that, quite frankly, otherwise would have been exploited. Right. And, and, and it sends a message, like you said, don't do it. Right. right. I think that that case illustrates just how difficult it is to catch contractors who cheat. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, you know, you got to get the word it really, out. It really, it really, it really read like, like a story. Right. You know, and I think if somebody made a little mini movie about that, I think that'd be interesting too. Well, it's, it, it goes, it goes deeper than that. I mean, yeah. like we said, we had a limited amount of time there. It, you're right. It, it's a fascinating it's story. It's great that they dug and found all of this because it'll just make it easier to find. I mean, there, there are, for everybody who gets caught, every contractor that gets caught doing this, there are a hundred others or a thousand others that are out there exploiting workers. So yeah. figuring out the way that they do it and, you know, it makes it easier, I think, to go after the next guy. And having a game plan, right? Now right. this is the way we go and yeah, catch them. Yeah, you've got right? the playbook. Yeah, 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 it's good. I think the Carpenters should uh, take a run at these Medieval Times employees wow. because we've, we've talked God. about the Medieval Times workers many, many times over the past year, and it sounds like they kind of folded, if I'm not mistaken. So, one right, of, so there, were, there were two castles. Two castles. That went Union. I think one was in Jersey and one was in California. California. And I think the one in Jersey... Uh, you know, the Medieval Times played the waiting game, and sure enough, they waited them out, uh, right. broke the union, and the union got decertified, Ugh. right? That's a t- that's just a normal, straight-up tactic, waiting game, churn some people, get them frustrated, have them go elsewhere, bring in people that are anti-union, and vote them out. And it worked. And then in California, I believe, they recently made what's called an unconditional return to work offer. They were out on strike. If you have people crossing your picket lines and there's another Sir Lancelot, yeah. you know, that's going to take yeah. your place, your strike isn't going to be very effective, right? If the patrons aren't, you know, boycotting the show, if other people, other, I don't know, actors, performers, are, are performers, they, are they if you sag? Will. Like, what? No, it's they're a like performers a, union. Yeah, it's like a yeah, yeah. variety guild or something like that. It, but is it, our medieval times in Hoffman Estates? union? No. No, no the one not, in California was the first one to, to make a run and at it, then and then Jersey, Jersey was the second. And yeah. You know, I, was, I certainly was hopeful um, that it would spread around the country. But, it but I think like that, I think the point is, speedball. you know, we, we talked about this and then we talked about it in the relation to Starbucks and Amazon and things like that. When you when you have you know when you organize, organizing is the easy part. Right. It really is. It's, it, it, I hate to say it. It's the fun part. It's the easy part. Rah rah. We got our union. You fast forward five years and see how yeah, it feels. Then you got to you dig know? your heels in. Right. Like the, like Michael Phillips. Right. And and the uh, the workers have to understand. Like, yeah, you've got. You organized. You won the election. Get ready because it's going to be. There's going to be a lot that happens. The employer is going to come down hard. They're going to try everything they can do to stall. And if everyone just has to understand that the process doesn't end at the union election. And if you can't, you know, if if your strike can't put economic pressure on the employer, mm-hmm. right? It's not going to be a successful strike. I wonder what the B team looks like at medieval times. Though, like people falling off their horses, and uh, you <laughs> it's know, like that movie, The Replacements. It'll, it'll be like the old Shakespeare, where like they have men playing like the, the yeah. female roles out there, and I, the B team. It'd be interesting, but I wouldn't watch it. That'd be a strike breaker. No, I wouldn't go. But yeah. obviously, enough people, you know, went, and you know, whatever. So you got that, you know, Legoland. They're fighting their Legoland, right? Happy place, Legos. Everybody loves Legos, right? They're fighting. Their employees are trying to right. join the machinists. Legos. Yeah. Unbelievable. 
That's Down right. with Lego Land. I mean, how many times have you, you stepped on a Lego list. and hurt your foot? Right? Twice this week. <laughs> There's always a line out the door at the Lego Land in New York. That's for sure. Go, so. Yeah. so anyway, it's not for lack of money. Um, we we got to we got to go. It's been a really interesting show. Um, you know, if you get a chance, come support that uh, that picket and the informational picket that's going on uh, next Saturday, Ed. Right, sixteenth, eleven o'clock outside the Tribune yep. Tower. If you get a chance, oh, come hour. come down and support it. Um, thanks to Terry again. Uh, it was super interesting, and uh, we'll be back next week with more of the Workers' Mic right here on seven twenty WGN. The preceding episode of the Workers' Mic was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. For additional information and podcasts of The Worker's Mic, visit WGNRadio.com.